Worldwide parent coach and conscious educator, Sue DeCaro, is on a mission to revitalize the joy in parenting. Welcome to Conscious Parents, Thriving Kids, a podcast designed to help parents all over the world create deeper connections with themselves and their children while overcoming life's daily parenting challenges. Listen in if you want to bring more laughter, love, and enjoyment to your home life. Welcome to Conscious Parents Thriving Kids, a place for all things parenting. I am your host, Sue DeCaro. Today's episode will offer you ways to find calm in times of chaos. Join me in offering a warm welcome to my special guest and friend, Wendy Silvers. Wendy is a sought-after spiritual midwife, minister, trauma-informed parenting coach, author, and sacred activist. For the past 18 years, her focus has been on helping moms find joy, purpose, and freedom while raising kids consciously. She believes that heart-centered, mission-driven moms embracing their immense value as confident, healthy women raise healthy, thriving children. Wendy co-authored the international best-selling book, Balance for Busy Moms, blogs for online sites, and has been a contributing blogger to Huffington Post. Wendy is an Agape licensed minister and Agape spiritual counselor, and her next book will be published in 2021. Wendy, welcome. I am thrilled that you have joined me for this incredible episode. So Wendy, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. I'm excited that you're here. I'm just excited to be with you, Sue. I've heard so many wonderful things about you. And so it's, uh, it's really a joy. It's oh, a blessing. Thank you. thank you. Well, let's dive in and talk about chaos, because as okay. you both know, in the work that we do in the world, it's something that people are experiencing all over the world. And so share with us and our listeners the, the things that you hear most from parents in terms of what they find in their day-to-day lives. What are you mm. hearing? Yeah, great question. So uh, predominantly, everything is motivated by fear. There's uncertainty, there's impatience, there's a desire to have uh, concrete information. Uh, Everything, there's been an upheaval. Some parents are able to just flow with it. And then there's a lot of anxiety and, uh, and, and really concern about what are, what are the kids' futures and how do I keep them safe? Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because fear manifests itself in so many different ways in our body, in our mindset, oh, yeah. in our day-to-day activities. And also, I think most importantly or equally important is how it manifests itself in our children. And mm-hmm. so here we are, all these you know, busy people. Uh, doing what we do in this world, holding on to the fear or, you know, trying to move through the fear and that energy that, that, you know, what's coming through us is also creating perhaps fear in our children too, at very young ages, all the way up. Would you agree? Absolutely. And fear is really interesting because it, it can manifest visibly and invisibly. So one of the things that, I, that I'm sure you tell your parents too is that <clears throat> how important it is to be honest about what's going on. So to almost, to do that narrating. So, wow, mommy has a lot of feelings in her body right now and I'm, I'm feeling really, you know, I guess you could call it anxious. You know, I feel this in my belly and I feel a little heaviness in my heart. And so it doesn't have anything to do with you. Mommy 
or daddy is going to take care of this. So being able to identify it like the elephant in the room, rather because kids are so, they're so intuitive and they're so kinesthetic. So it's that you want to make sure that you're really uh, acknowledging their reality rather than denying it. So, and also to show them how to process it, how to identify it, how to accept it, and how to work through it. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. And, and this is where emotional intelligence is also yes. derived. So we're certainly in a time where we can engage more and more in creating the awareness and the, the naming and the moving through emotions. Mm-hmm. And I think you mentioned uncertainty. And mm-hmm. the interesting thing about uncertainty is that, yes, it feels like we live in a world of uncertainty right now that's bigger than ever. But we've never been certain of anything. We've only been certain of this moment. And I I really, truly believe in this. We don't know what tomorrow will look like. We don't know what next week, next year, you know, five years from now. We can plan and think we do. And we may have a a little more uncertainty now because of the pandemic. But I think, you know, we've always lived in uncertain times. It's just now people are seeing uncertainty in such a bigger way. And for our children, so just an interesting little story here. Um, my daughter, who has a five-year-old, said to me, you know, my, her name is Maya. Maya would love to hug you, and it's so unfair to her that she is not able to do that. And, you know, when I think about that and have this conversation with my daughter, I thought unfair is a strong word. And it is what it is. And in her little five-year-old world, this is what's going on. And she's not thinking twice about it unless we get, you know, give her big reasons to think how unfair this is that you can't hug me right now, as opposed to look at us social distancing, because that's the norm right now. And, you know, you, I know you talk a lot about making uh, lemonade out of lemons. And I guess I see this kind of up that alley, you know, or down mm. that alley, whichever way you want to look at it. But this is how it is. And I think the language plays a big role in creating, again, fear, chaos, and uncertainty internally and externally. Mm. Well, you spoke on so many points. First of all, emotional literacy. I believe parents are the emotional coaches. So one of the, I think it's like the fine print is uh, to help your child have emotional literacy you as the parent must learn how to be an emotional coach, which means tapping into your own feelings and being able to identify them and being able to um, accept them, heal them, and then thereby being able to hold. I, I always talk about a container, right? A parent, you know, our parents are the stewards of their children's bodies, minds, and spirits. They don't own them as we all know, right, the Khalil Gibran poem, but just in life, we get to see these, these beautiful little beings that come to us or through us have very clear curriculum. So we get to be their stewards. And, and that involves being an emotional coach and teaching emotional literacy. And I feel, I do believe that what we pass on to our children, they accept. And so it's verbally and non-verbally. So I, I also believe, you know, I, I think it's a little risky to, uh, to say this is the new normal. I feel like the, the honest thing to say to our kids is, this is new. This is something really new. And, and we're all adjusting. 
And, and, you know, I think developmentally, there's a period of time where kids always go through this whole idea of this is unfair. That's not fair. They got more than me or they got picked. And, and again, it goes back to just like, wow, I hear you. Gosh, that, yeah, that feels unfair. And be mindful what we are putting in our children's mouths and minds. Right. Right. It's like it, chaos is, is no different from anything else. Chaos, uncertainty, fear. These times are no different than other times in the sense that we are the models, right? We're the models well, for our kids. Yes, for sure. We get to model it. But I think about, you know, we, you, we've talked about, you know, I, I, I really do a lot of work with healing trauma, right? Because trauma comes from the kid, from, yes, we live in uncertainty and part of maturity is being able to navigate uncertainty. When a child comes into the world, uh, my, personal, my personal belief, you know, take what you want, leave the, what the rest, is that it's a sacred contract between parent and parents and child. So, and each child comes into the world with their own soul signature or their soul curriculum. And again, we get to be their stewards. So the thing about trauma is, as we know from science, the environment of the mother when a child is in utero impacts a child invisibly or in some terrible cases, visibly. If the mom's like a crack addict or some other stuff like that. So, uh, so I believe that when their children come into our, our spheres and we hold this space for them, that it's really important to acknowledge that these are times that are unprecedented. And we wouldn't use that word with a little child. But I think about if you go back to like some of the wars or you go back to kids who grew up in the depression or you, or, or um, in London where, you know, the war was. And I think that kids, again, going back to how kinesthetic they are, they feel this. So it behooves us to acknowledge that that we're going to do everything in our power to keep our children safe, to keep you safe. And mommy doesn't, you know, I, I, I think the most honest answer sometimes is, I don't know, but I'm going to find out because I think these are unpre unprecedented times. And I, I think it's, it kind of ratchets up the, that uncertainty a couple notches only because where do you go for real information? Who, who, there's so many, there's so much in our information overload, like who, who, who is speaking the truth? Like what is really happening here and what is next and how do, so do you follow? Like, I feel yeah. like it's so important to acknowledge that yes, there's no guarantees in life. Not that you could tell a five-year-old, well, there's no guarantees, but, but like when you, I mean, if you have a child who's, I mean, we both work with, you know, birth through seven. But I have a teenager and I've worked with a lot of teenagers and they're really savvy because of social media. So to deny what's there is, un is unfair or doesn't really honor them or to be alarmist is also not a good practice either. So it's that balance of being fully authentic in an age appropriate way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's so well said because authenticity 
is a key, one of the keys in connection, right? Mm -hmm. To be honest and authentic with our children. And, you know, like you said, and we both said, they feel it anyway. So yes. if you don't bring something to the forefront in a conversation, in a way in which, you know, you're, you're actually conversing with, you know, the child at whatever age they are in their language and their ability to understand, you know, as much as they can, then they're just taking in the energy that they feel and making their own two-year-old, five-year-old, whatever it is, determinations about what that looks like. And, you know, we want to keep our kids in a bubble and we want to keep them safe. Yeah. And, and, and yet we can't, right? We can't live in, you know, a container and never move. And so it's really navigating, and this is something I talk a lot about with parents I work with, it's really navigating what feels right for you in this time that we're in yes. with the knowledge and understanding that you have. So you're taking in bits and pieces perhaps from, from sources that you believe in and you value. Mm -hmm. Because again, as you know, we've, we've said that these are unprecedented times. We can't look back and said, well, say, well, when this happened, people did this and that's how they moved through it successfully. So right. we're kind of, you know, all flying by the seat of our pants with the information <laughs> that we have, hoping for the best outcome, you know, every day in every way. And so, you know, I think that it's super important to look at your values as a parent and yes. how you're navigating those values, you know, and, and then bringing them to your family. But don't try to bring them to the family if you don't have a clear picture of what that looks like. For yes. You. And if it's not embodied, because right. then you become, you become that old school parent that says, don't do as I do, do as I say. Mm -hmm. And so then therein your child feels the incongruity of that and is like wait she she's saying this but she's doing that like this is so confusing for so, sure yeah so so that's one very helpful hint i think for parents is embody your own values before you bring them to your family absolutely and you talked about breathing you know as well yes. tell us a little bit about how breathing can be a beautiful uh helpful technique in terms of creating a little less chaos and a little more peace. Mm. Yes, that prana, that life force. So we enter the world on a breath. And after long, healthy lives, we exit on a breath. And it's like the inhale and the exhale, and then life is in between that. And so the uh, thank goodness we live in a time where they, we're doing a lot of like sound baths and that's based on a lot of breathing. So breathing calms the amygdala <clears throat> in trauma work, which I do a lot of, besides just acknowledging what's in front of what's happening, the breath and, and settling into a breath allows the brain to become regulated because what happens is when there's a trauma response the brain gets dysregulated as you know I'm, I'm i'm speaking to the choir but for the parents that are listening to this when when that cortisol gets pumping and the amygdala is on you know the the reptilian brain and the amygdala are in full alarm the neocortex the reasoning part of the brain is not online right it's like your internet is just like not connecting so breathing allows that it's a technology of just when you are feeling yourself starting to go from, let's say, 
um, green to yellow to red, you just pause. And literally, I, I, it, in the beginning, for parents that haven't done a lot of breath work or breathing, I invite them to put like their left hand on their heart and their right hand, right, right, you know, their thumbs on their navel. And I invite them to imagine breathing like they're breathing into a balloon and their belly is, is the inside of the balloon because that allows the brain to calm and it allows them to bring a focus Beautiful. and take five breaths. If you need to take 10, take 10, but deep inhalations and making sure that you're breathing out on the exhalation because when you really do like a, like, so I'll give you an example. So I'll breathe in through my nose and at the top of the breath, at the apex, I sip in a little more air and I hold it, let's say for count of five for, for this, okay, one, two, three. And then I exhale with a pressing my navel against my spine. What happens is when, when someone breathes like that, it allows for a very natural and organic breath to enter the body. So when you breathe like that, your, your pulse rate diminishes, your heart starts to beat regularly, your brain comes online. So I believe that that breathing is great. And if anybody has opportunities to do sound baths, I highly recommend them. And even with the kids, even they love singing bowls. You know, the, the little ones love singing bowls. So if you can go to a space or on YouTube or get your own singing bowls and play with them, it will allow you to not only connect with your kids, but connect with your, the higher functioning of your mind and your spirit. I, I love what you shared about the breath, and thank you for giving that example. I, mm -hmm. think, I think one of the beautiful things about our breath is it's always with us. Like you said, mm -hmm. the internet goes offline, you have no electricity, you know, you're driving in your car and you suddenly feel overwhelmed. Yes, is with you. It's a tool that you don't have to reach for, find, you know, negotiate with. It's there. And I love that. It's also there for our children. And mm -hmm. so many parents I work with, you want to know how to teach their kids. And I'm like, don't sit your kids down and say, now we're going to breathe because <laughs> they're, most of them are not going to be interested. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the best thing that we can do for our children is to just model what we are doing for ourselves by being in open space, to be present, to be somewhere where they are and can see us and open to a conversation if they say, you know, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, to not, you know, take it personally and, and explain. We're not doing it because we want you to do it. We're doing it because it soothes us. And when you explain it that way and you talk about how it makes you feel, they might ask to join you. And that's the beautiful gift. It's just modeling it can entice a child because you're not inviting them. When you invite them, it's like, no, thanks. You know, I know. green beans. No, but if you're not there, <laughs> they might eat the green beans. So, <laughs> Oh, that's such a great point. Thank you. Yes. That's such a great point. You know what I think of when I hear you say about that modeling, I think about creating games with your children because they love that like songs to brush your teeth or do various things, but also lions, tigers, you know, the bears, like if you do that breathing and you, you, you know how, how little children around the age of, I want to say, uh, six or seven, they always want to do like, like dogs or babies or something. They want to be, so if you do the breathing, thank you, Sue. That's really such a great, you know, a reminder. If you do like you 
get your body in a position of like an animal, like a bear, lion, tiger, and you breathe, ah, you know, then it allows that breath uh, to come into their body without them actually like, okay, we're going to sit down. Like you said, because, right. you know, the, the, the normal response is you want to breathe? No, thanks. Want to meditate? No, thanks. <laughs> want green beans? No, thanks. All right. How about spinach? No, thanks. <laughs> But if we get on the floor, so, you know, I'm just thinking as you're talking about the lions, tigers, and bears, if we get on the floor, which I love to do, I mean, I love adults, but I'd much rather be on the floor <laughs> with the kids. Uh, I guess that's the big kid. You in know. Me. So, yeah. you know, if we get on the floor and we're, you know, pretending to be a lion or tiger or bear or what have you, cat, you know, wh- whatever animal speaks to us mm-hmm. and utilizing that as a breath technique, yes. it's even more enticing. For children yes. to say, what is going on over there? Are you, you know, are you an animal now? And yeah. want to take part. And, you know, it's, it's the chaos is for all of us. I mean, the chaos is here for all of us, in my opinion, to grow. Every day I look at what's in front of me with the pandemic, uh, with the climate, you know, I'm not going to go into, you know, the political arena, but with the climate mm. that we're in, mm-hmm. you know, in every way, shape and form that we're living in, in this time, to look at what, what is this here for me? What is this thought here for me to learn? What is this feeling here for me to learn? What is the chaos today here for me to learn? Mm-hmm. Why has this person just you know, said what they said? And why is that here for me to learn? <laughs> That's real. Um, but anyway, um, you know, it's, it's really about bringing attention to what is and finding these beautiful ways like we've discussed to to help yeah. ourselves through because we can't change you know the bigger picture we can only change the picture that we live in each and every day um, to you know to to the degree that we can change it right it's a mental and behavioral opportunity to to yeah. bring a little more comfort to the chaos mm-hmm. I love what you said. And what better contribution to society than parenting? Parenting is an act of sacred activism because we are growing uh, citizens of the world. So um, I love what you're. I love you know what you're saying. And one of the things I think that is often misunderstood about conscious, intentional, heart-centered parenting is that it's not. Uh, it's really about connection. So when I think about chaos. I think it's the bridge from chaos to connection that we're going over because we have this opportunity to connect with our kids from a place of empathy and compassion and honoring their native intelligence. I mean, these, these kids come in and they're brilliant. And so, you know, it's the adults that think that we have to teach them how to think or, and they, they don't. So, so I love what you're, you know, what you're, what you're about, because it's that opportunity to really, like Gandhi said, be the change that you wish to see. So we get to be the parents that in some cases we wished we had. uh, And we get to, I think the, I always joke, it's not purchase, but like, remember, remember when you went to a department store and they would have a promotion like gift with purchase. So, so I think the gift with parenting is, the opportunity, should you take it, to really heal those those places within that didn't get what they need. But it's not an it's not a 
it's like wax over here, shine over there. So it's like you're giving these gifts to your children, but you're also receiving the gifts. For sure. For yeah. sure. And, and not only with the children, but in all relationships. Yes. We give and we receive so much and learn from, from all that we experience. Oh, oh yeah. So yeah, that's... Some, yeah. hmm? some of the most challenging... Some of the most challenging relationships hold the greatest gifts. But when you're in it, you're like, ah. Right, right. Then the breathing, then the, you know, the slowing down, then the, okay, so what is this here to teach me? How, you know, how may I best serve? And and how may I, how may I I heal? How may I take care of my tender heart? For sure. And their tender hearts. And their tender hearts. Absolutely. I was meeting with a parent yesterday who told me about how, Every time her child has a meltdown, it, this is a, a very conscious parent, um, she, she not celebrates it, but she comes to it with excitement. Oh, yeah. you know, this is an opportunity. And I, she says, this is an opportunity to herself when the child is having a meltdown. Yeah. And so when we look at the world around us as this is an opportunity we can stay stagnant and stay in our ways and deal with, you know, the chaos that ensues, you know, the world in the same way we always come to chaos or, you know, which can be very stressful or we can come to chaos with a new and improved opportunity for growth and for connection and for awareness. Yeah. And that's, well, the, in the Chinese symbol symbology, the symbol for crisis and opportunity are almost identical. Oh, I didn't know that. So, yeah. So it's, it's, I, I think of it when, in all honesty, when my brain is regulated, because a dysregulated regulated brain trying to help a dysregulated brain is like Einstein's, you can't solve a problem at the level of the consciousness that created the problem. So I have to calm my amygdala. But I think that it's an invitation. Right, it's an invitation, and I. Ha- what a wonderful parent that you're working with that has that awareness to look at it. Because you know, when little ones are working out their their feelings, they're doing hard work. So to be able to be present is a word I use a lot in my my work. To be present with the child, to like be alongside of them and let them know, I'm here, baby. I'm not going anywhere. I see you. I hear you. You're really, you know, you are really having your feelings. Like that is the most extraordinary gift you can give a child when to learn how to process their feelings. Right. Right. That's how they yeah. thrive. Yes. They have to thrive through it, not have yes. us fix it or change it or squash it or, you know, remove right. it, you know, but allow <laughs> it, it and engage, right. Allow it and engage with it, with presence. Beautiful. Beautiful. Mm. Wonderful work you're doing, Sue. Thank yeah. you. You as well, Wendy. And it's, uh, oh. it's such a joy uh, to, to share this time with you. I'd love for you to tell our listeners a little bit more about where they can find you. So as sure. you're listening, I'm sure they're intrigued to learn more about your work and how they can connect. Well, first, thank you so much for this rich dialogue. I really am grateful to you for it. Thank you. Uh, so I am Wendy Silvers, and it's S-I-L-V-E-R-S. So you can go to my website, Wendy silvers s-i-l-v-e-r-s dot com i'm on facebook i'm on uh, mama wendy silvers and you can go to instagram and that is when at wendy silvers and uh, you can also email hello at 
wendysilvers.com. Oh, love it. Well, that's easy. I love the hello. <laughs> so simple. Thank you so much, Wendy. And thank you for all the rich discussion that you've brought to the table today for all our listeners. I'm sure it will help everyone in times of chaos that we might experience to move forward in a different way. My pleasure. My pleasure. Anything to support uh, them, the parents and the children in thriving. Yes. Sure. Thank you. And thank, thank you. you to all the listeners for joining us. And remember, every moment is a new moment for Conscious Connections. Thanks for listening to Conscious Parents, Thriving Kids. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend. And be sure to give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.